Good morning. It's a beautiful Sunday in the Old Pueblo, and you're listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored, all-volunteer-powered rock and roll radio station. This week, we're going to celebrate the 50th Tucson Meet Yourself. It's launched in 1974, and this annual event is going to drive 150,000 people into downtown Tucson. We're going to revisit an interview we did in 2018 to get some insight of the festival and a little backstory of its origins. Today is October 8th, 2023. My name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core, and we shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From A Mountain to the University of Arizona and all stops in between, you get the inside track right here on 99.1 FM, streaming on downtownradio.org, also available on your iPhone or Android by getting our Downtown Radio Tucson app. If you want to interact with us on the show, maybe head over to Facebook and Instagram. That's a good way to connect with us. You can also learn about our book and listen to some past episodes on our website, lifealongthestreetcar.org, and uh, the podcast is available for streaming on, uh, on many of those uh, podcasting platforms. Well, 1974 is considered an Ed Sullivan show of sorts. Uh, with Big Jim Griffin got together with others in the community and wanted to celebrate the cultural and diversity of Tucson. Uh, we know this event as Tucson Meet Yourself, and it is an annual event now, other than, I think, uh, 2020. It's been happening every year since uh, 1974. And uh, we wanted to kind of celebrate that 50-year stretch by going back to an interview that we did back in 2018. It was actually uh, with Jessica uh, Escobedo. She is the, um, uh, she at the time was the director of the um, uh, volunteer management. And we got some insight into the festival, some of the people behind it, and a little bit of its history. So this is Jessica Escobedo from 2018 about Tucson Meet Yourself. My name is Jessica Escobedo, and I'm a volunteer manager of Tucson Meet Yourself. So as a volunteer manager, that means you manage the volunteers, not that you're volunteering your time to manage the festival. No, yeah, that's correct. But I did start off volunteering. But um, yeah, I managed to all the volunteers, and then we got a new volunteer coordinator, I'm named Tyler, and she's been amazing, so I'm helping her kind of navigate through how to um, bring in more volunteers for the festival. You probably have a more unique path to this uh, festival than a lot of others because your dad's kind of in charge of what's happening right here. Uh, and so you spend a lot of time as uh, uh, in your younger days just supporting him. Oh, and just coming to the festival, enjoying it, and then um, he would get us all to volunteer. And then, just come on, volunteer. And then uh, I even have a video of um, a couple of my nieces who were five, like, soda, water, $2, like yelling to get people in to volunteer. But um, yeah, we've been part of it for a while now. And then uh, gradually started becoming part of the staff. And I've just loved it forever, so... And I love the whole meaning of it. So, yeah, it stayed with me. Well, let's dive into it. The event is called Tucson Meet Yourself, and you love the idea of it. Can you tell me uh, a little bit about the history of it and what really excites you about the festival? Yeah, um, Tucson Meet Yourself has been in operation since 1974. Um, And just the whole meaning of it is just the most beautiful thing. It's so diverse. It's cultural. It brings together 
them over 55 different cultures. Um, and that's just not with just the vendors. It's with um, the participation as well. So all these cultures come together to enjoy food, culture, diversity. And I think that's just the most amazing, beautiful thing about it. Um, during all this time, you know, people actually really enjoy each other and there's no hate, there's no ugliness. It's just beauty and just, um, yeah, enjoyment. So, and this event takes place over a matter of a few days. Mm-hmm. And it, can you tell me a little bit about what a, what a day looks like with Tucson Meet Yourself? Yeah, it's a Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday. And um, during these three days, so it takes well over two weeks to start setting up the festival. You know, you'll go downtown and you'll start seeing tents going up um, come Monday and then, you know, everyone's getting ready. Vendors start coming in, setting up. Come Friday, you know, people are coming out from their businesses and they start enjoying the foods because there's 60 different food vendors out there of different cultures and varieties. And um, you just see people start gathering and coming downtown. Um, then comes Friday night and that's when the music starts happening and the performances. And Saturday is definitely our busiest time. And the, yeah, downtown just gets packed. <laughs> but I mean, it's just so nice because the weather is perfect, you know, and you get this music, you get different foods. And then Sunday, I mean, it's still pretty busy during Sunday as well. Sunday night, you know, the staff is just like, oh my goodness, like <laughs> we just got hit with, you know, 120,000 people out here. So yeah, it's just, uh, it's big and just wonderful. So somewhere a hundred thousand plus easily, I think I've seen estimates up to 145,000 that mm-hmm. come during that, that window that it's open. That's correct. Yeah. And there's a lot of people coming to, uh, to downtown and you'd mentioned it a couple of times, but there's a lot of food vendors and this, mm-hmm. I think over the years, this has gotten the kind of a, a nickname of Tucson eat yourself That's right. yeah. because of all of the different uh, varieties of food. Yes. But one thing I found interesting, I just learned this recently, you actually have the vendors cap the cost of their food at some point. Yeah. The food vendors get a collective, um, collectively about $350,000 and they're allowed to keep all of their proceeds because that's just us giving back to the community as well. Um, but, but they, I think there was something that they, they can't charge a certain amount. They can't charge more than a certain amount oh, yes. for food to keep it very affordable for the community. Yeah. Um, we, we limit it to, um, well, and they help out in a lot of ways as well. Um, they have to make their food like promptly enough, fast enough for the community, for the lines to go kind of fast um, to ensure their money making as well. But yeah, we don't want it to be like a festival where people are just outraged by the charges and stuff. It's a free festival. No one has to pay to get in. And um, we don't make monies um, very much. We try to collect by donations and, you know, selling sodas and waters. But um, with your five year old nieces. Yeah. (laughs) don't uh don't put this one on there (laughs) but um yeah they uh they don't charge i mean 
I honestly don't know the exact amount of how much they're able to. Okay. Um, a unique way to make sure that it stays a community festival. Right. And what's unique about it also is that um, each volunteer gets a $7 food voucher and they can use it at any of the eateries there and all of the vendors except those uh, food vouchers for volunteers. And many of them, which is amazing, just don't um, make us pay for the $7. So at the end, they could come back, you know, collect their money from the volunteers that, um, you know, they'll go up to one of our staff and, you know, turn in their vouchers and we'll give them the money for what the volunteers have paid. And a lot of times um, the vendors don't do that and they kind of give back to us in that sense. So um, a lot of them are amazing and uh, they understand the beauty of the festival as well. Let's talk about the reach because this isn't just what's happening in, in Tucson. As I understand it, it's it's about Southern Arizona mm-hmm. uh, and even it moves into Mexico as far as the cultures and the people that you're you're trying to highlight. Is that accurate? Um, yeah, that's very accurate. Actually, it comes from all over um, the state of Arizona. I mean, like I said, we have about over 55 different cultures that come to the festival. So, you know, we're getting the Sonoran region. We're getting, you know, cultures that you didn't even know that were part of Southern Arizona and Arizona itself. Like when I first came, I heard some 96 different cultures were there. And um, I was like, wow, you know, you don't, you don't realize how diverse Tucson really is. And it brings, yeah, people from, I mean, we focus um, Tucson, Southern, um, Southern Sonoran area as well. But, um, um, yeah, just the way this vessel gathers is different from different areas of Tucson. It's just amazing. And it's still amazing. It's going to be happening this weekend, starting on Friday the 13th, all the way through Sunday of the Hockney Plaza outside of the public library in downtown. Uh, we're in the middle of an interview that we were doing with Jessica Escobedo back in 2018 about uh, Tucson Meet Yourself. At the time, she was the um, uh, volunteer manager, over oversaw the volunteers. Uh, and uh, when we come back from the break, we'll get a little bit more about the history and some of the other people that make the Tucson Meet Yourself event so special. But first, I want to remind you that you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio at 99.1 FM, and we're streaming on downtownradio.org. This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number 3087. BK number 0902429. Equal housing opportunity. All right, so we are back to that interview we did back in 2018 with Jessica Escobedo. Uh, at the time, her father was the festival director, uh, Tim Escobedo. He is uh, now with the... Um, uh, El Tor de Tucson. He's helping with, with that effort. Uh, and in this segment, we're going to talk about some of the origins and uh, the founder and, and just a driving influence, Big Jim Griffith. Um, it references that he is um, still with us, but he did pass after this interview in 2021. But up until that time frame, he was heavily involved with Tucson Meet Yourself. So we're going to include a little bit about his history and involvement with how he got this going and uh, just what he meant to this amazing festival here in downtown Tucson. I know much about the foundation. I think it was, um, uh, his nickname was Big Jim, James mm-hmm. Griffin. Do you know much about when 1974, when, when he's 
spearheading this concept, what was in his mind? You know, he comes to meetings. He has these amazing stories. Um, from what I take it is he started off as an anthropologist. He comes out, starts off with a couple people. Um, they're selling and then it starts growing to, you know, the next year is maybe 10 people. And um, his family's always been part of it. His daughter, Kelly, she's been like there since she's been little. So, you know, it's always been like a family kind of trait where she comes out every year still and um, they're always part of it. And, you know, they're there from morning to night, just, you know, um, being knowing what they've done um, from the beginning. But yeah, he wanted it. He wanted it to be exactly what it is. And he's just always amazed at how big it's gotten. But bringing culture and diversity together is what his main one goal was. And um, starting it from scratch, you know, to seeing how many people it's brought in. Like, he'll tell stories about only, you know, a couple of people trickling by. But, you know, they were happy about the couple of people. But, um, yeah, how big it's gotten. It, yeah, it really, truly amazes him. So Well, it's gotten very large. In fact, this year... I remember reading an article in the paper that it, you know it said that uh, Tucson Meet Yourself has a weight problem because of you know the size of this crowd, 130, 40,000 people, mm-hmm. and traditionally it's been held uh, since I've been in Tucson uh, at the uh, Presidio Park in mm-hmm. front of uh, City Hall. Right. But underneath that is a parking garage. That's correct. And the weight has been a little bit of a concern for engineers. So. This year, you guys made kind of a momentous decision to change the location slightly. Um, Slightly. With the City of Tucson Downtown Partnership, we kind of uh, mapped out everything. Um, Tim Escobedo and Maribel Alvarez have kind of, you know, figured out ways to make it... um, make it still happen. Like, you know, there was some concerns that to some of yourself wasn't going to happen this year, but you know, everyone kind of gathered together and figured out, um, road closures. So church road is going to be closed. Pennington will be closed. And now stone stone wasn't closed before, but now that El Presidio is closed down, um, we're not going to be walking through the city hall. Um, that's going to be closed down. So all of Hockamay Plaza is going to be used um, along with Pennington as well. So, um, you know, it's going to be more of a smaller space, but I think what uh, my dad actually mentioned, he's like, well, I measured it all and it actually will be bigger <laughs> in the square footage. Um, so it, it will probably be a better layout, um, eventually since everything's going to be all around the same area. And, um, we, we feel it's going to be a beneficial thing for us. So in stone it's, uh, cause church typically has been closed mm-hmm. and now stone, um, it's it's north of Congress up to around Tool would be blocked off, so not Stone. All, uh, yeah, all, but mainly around. what's around that square, Hockney Plaza, which is in front of the library. That's correct. Uh, that will be blocked off, and I I saw Tim speak and do kind of a presentation, and it sounds like with the layout, you're able now to start grouping. Um, crafts together, start mm-hmm. grouping things together to make it. Yep. Um, so our folk arts will be like around Pennington, um, near Scott, where Scott ends right there. So that's all going to be closed down. Our folks are folk arts will be there. Um, we'll have food vendors, um, all in Hockamay Plaza. 
we'll try to do community matters during stone downstone. I know that things keep on getting moved around to see what will work best. But um, since it's new layout, you know, it's just, you know, stepping. So we're going to try to hit or miss. We'll see what works best for this year. But yeah, um, it's easier to do it that way. I mean, I'm not sure how the feel is going to be, but um, Fourth Avenue um, Street Fair is like kind of like in our mind of how that feel works and that movement goes. So we'll see how well that goes. Okay. So kind of Fourth Avenue uh, Street Fair meets Tucson meets yourself. And, yeah. <laughs> and the new format. And you're still having the car show, right? That's a big draw for you. Yeah. We love the car show um, that comes Saturday. So it doesn't come Friday um, because of all of the um, businesses still open on Friday. And we try to be cognizant of everyone's uh, work schedule. So uh, the car show definitely comes in on Saturday still. You just mentioned uh, uh, Maribel Alvarez. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little about her role and what she does for the, for the Yeah, the she's herself? the executive director and she's just amazing. What this woman can do is just mind-blowing. Like she's on top of everything and she knows, you know, she everyone goes to her for, you know, the best ideas and everything like that. Um, she's just in charge of everyone. Um, so... She knows, you know, how many volunteers we've got. She knows, like, how many uh, vendors. She's in charge of the performers, and she brings them in, and each performer is paid. Um, The community matters. She's in charge of that area as well, and she brings in the community matters. Um, Our media, she's on top of the media. Have you guys gotten this? You know, um, she's so much involved in everything, and, you know, the capacity of what her brain holds is just... (laughs) you know, an amazing thing. And we're like, wow, how do you do this? You know, but she's so on top of everything. And if you happen to forget something, you see a, a email from Marie Valens, like, were you on top of this? So, you know, just, uh, just the amazing things that she's done throughout the years has definitely expanded this festival. And I didn't know you said the music is the, the, the performers are paid. Yes. I, th- I assume they were all volunteers. No, um, they're all paid. That's our way of giving back to the community as well, because um, the performers, you know, they bring so much energy to the festival. So um, um, a lot of what we do for Tucson Meet Yourself is giving back to the community as well. Well, as someone who's been in Tucson for 25 years and probably gone to Tucson Meet Yourself almost every, every year, I'm amazed at how similar it is every year but how diverse it is every year i think each time i go i I will see something that i think is wow you're this is the first time and like no we've been here for 20 years right um they get different food vendors as well so um they don't get you know more than three of each kind of culture in there they make that happen so they know it's so diverse and that's just the way that we keep it diverse is limiting the amount of each culture being at the festival itself not each culture i'm sorry each um, food vendor um, and what they bring there on your website you've got a very good layout of of the festival mm-hmm. uh, so we'll link to that and make sure people can see that there'll be some obviously restrictions in driving Yes. Um, talked to downtown Tucson partnership and I talked to uh, uh, the folks over at uh, Parkwise and, and there's plenty of parking available mm-hmm. uh, with the, the various garages and of course the streetcar and either end people yes. can come in. But you particularly are in charge of volunteers. Yeah. And so I'm assuming at this point you have all the volunteers you need and don't need any more help. Yeah, how amazing would that be? No, um, we shoot for 700, you know, and... 
I know it sounds crazy, but um, we need so many people to help, you know, man the festival. Uh, one of our biggest areas, because we're trying to be a green festival as well, um, we do about 5,300 pounds of compost. And so we have every, you know, so many volunteers by each trash can trying to teach, you know, the public what's recyclable, what's compostable and what's waste and what goes to landfill. Um, so that's one of our biggest areas that we're trying to bring in volunteers to teach the community um, how to go green better. And that's a partnership with the U of A, right? With the yeah, compost cats. Yeah. And uh, Chet Phillips, um, who was a professor at the U of A has, you know, really manned that and, you know, brought so much knowledge to the festival with that as well. I mean, there's so many things that I didn't know. Um, I know Compass Cats made a video online that, you know, we use as our training tool. Like you cannot, you know, um, recycle plastic forks, plastic knives, because, you know, the machine cannot uh, dispose of that. And we're like, well, we never knew that. I would always do that myself. So you're just learning so many different things. But yeah, I mean, the volunteers are definitely the backbone of the festival. Besides helping uh, sort out uh, compost, recyclable Mm -hmm. and landfill. What are some of the roles that volunteers play? Um, we sell beverages at the festival. That's one of our ways of income. A lot of people don't realize that we're a nonprofit organization. And so, you know, we kind of have to live off of donations and ways that we make money is by selling beverages, um, sodas and waters and refillable waters. Um, and so that's one of the positions for the volunteers as well. Um, volunteers are able to be leaders at the festival. They're called area captains. And we kind of rely on them to manage certain areas of the festival. And um, they help us tremendously. Um, and that's a good leadership position. Um, I would say about 50% of our volunteers are UVA students um, required to do fulfill philanthropy hours. But a lot of them just come back and just do it out of the kindness of their heart, which is really amazing. And uh, the community, we have returning volunteers for, you know, 10 years. And a lot of them have been doing it for much longer than that. So um, there's merchandise um, selling as well. Like that's another way we try to make revenue. Um, There's volunteers that like I said, the trash, there's volunteers that, you know, we have 16 different positions, 16, um, 16 different positions. So I think yeah. the, the point is, don't, if, if you're thinking about supporting the community, it's okay to reach out just to, uh, to, to find out what's available. Cause there might be a fit for, Oh, there's, yeah, definitely fits um, for almost everyone. People who are introverted, you know, we have positions for them that are more behind the scenes and they don't really have to speak to the community. People who want to like learn more, you know, there's like information booth, like they could just talk to as many people as they want to. Um, They could go online at toosemmyyourself.org and there's a list of all of our positions, different times. Um, It's each position is only four hours long so they could sign up for as many as they want and you know they get so many different little perks that we try to show that we appreciate them um shirts they get shirts but one of the big ones is the food voucher and after each shift they get a seven dollar food voucher to eat at any of the eateries which is pretty amazing that um we do that um just so you know we try to show the community that we definitely appreciate them because without them you know the festival wouldn't run the way it does so outstanding yeah uh last thing if you want to touch on this that would be great Mm -hmm. um 
but to some meet yourself, it's an event. It's, I know you work on it year round, but it's, it's focused over, you know, a four or five day period in October, but you're part of the Southwest uh, Folk Life Alliance. Yes. Can, can you tell me about that relationship? Cause that seems like that's more of the, like a, not necessarily an umbrella organization, but it's a, a more year round effort to. Yes. Yeah, Southwest Folk Life Alliance actually puts on the to some meet yourself. So, um, Leah Maz, uh, she's the program manager. She actually, you know, is out there <laughs> getting grants and everything uh, to put on these different programs. There's so many different programs that they're putting on. Um, I thought it was a partnership, but, but Tucson Meet Yourself was a program of, of the Alliance. That's correct. I didn't realize that. Yes, uh, that's one of the programs that the Southwest puts on. So it seems like we're probably going to need to do a, another show on, on that uh, Folk Life Alliance. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing and everything that they do for the community. Like, if you're just part of these different programs, like, you realize how much they actually do for everybody. And, uh giving back is like a big thing that they've done. So, um, makes me appreciate them and come back <laughs> every year. Yeah. Can, can, oh. you t- can you tell me about the culture kitchen? What that, what that entails is it's not another vendor. That's culture kitchen. Like, um, it's an expo. The families, we brought in families to share, um, recipes and, um, the transfer of food knowledge with cooking demonstrations. So it's kind of like a stadium. Um, people look in and um, learn so much about the, the culture of it. Um, yeah. Is that new this year or is that something you've done before? I mean, we've done that um, every year. It's, um, I've never seen it. Yeah, it's jointly, it's jointly tuned with um, City of Gastronomy and um, Creative Tucson. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been there. It's been in Hakamai Plaza every time. So it's like a big tent. People could go, and that's another uh, volunteer position as the kitchen assistant. It's an amazing weekend. It's already second Saturday. You time it up with second Saturday. Yeah, correct? yeah. It always happens, and that um, we kind of conflict with a lot of times with um, the U of A football games. We sometimes conflict with family weekends. So there's always like competing downtown spots, but. But you still managed to. We still managed, managed to get one hundred forty thousand people yeah, around, to come so. down. Yeah, our struggle is that the volunteers are that time, but um, we, we make it happen every year. So well, I, I appreciate your uh, what appears to be a lifelong devotion to TMY, and wish you much success this year. We'll check out and take some pictures and and make sure we capture what's going on out there. Great, thank you so much for doing this and bringing light to do some of yourself. This was the uh, 2018 interview with Jessica Escobedo, then the uh, volunteer manager for the Tucson Meet Yourself, giving us some history of the festival and event, uh, as well as some of the key players that have made it special over the years. Uh, It happens this weekend, the 13th through 15th. If you head over to our Facebook page, we'll link to it, but you can get all the the details uh, of the um, performers and such from their website, which is tucsonmeetyourself.org. My name is Tom Heath. You are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and streaming on downtownradio.org. Support for Downtown Radio is provided by the Tucson Gallery, located in downtown Tucson inside of the proper shops at 300 East Congress Street. The Tucson Gallery offers original work, reproductions, and merchandise from Tucson artists like Joe Padgett, Jessica Gonzalez, Ignacio Garcia, and many more. 
For information about all the artists, including when they will be live at the gallery, head to the TucsonGallery.com or find them on Instagram and Facebook as Tucson Gallery. That's nice. Uh, as we approach our six-year anniversary, which I think is coming up here in a couple weeks, the uh, the amount of information we've been able to uncover and archive um, is fascinating. So the interview that we listened to was recorded in 2018, but back then we were doing multiple segments per show, so only a fraction of what you heard was actually um, uh, on the air. So even though it's <laughs> five uh, five years ago, we have... Um, some fresh content for you. And if there's anything you want to learn about, anything that you think we should be sharing, uh, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook. Tell us uh, what's out there or, or, or ask us what, uh, you know, kind of give us a challenge to find something out about something or someone. Uh, we'd, we'd love to do that. Um, always uh, appreciate that feedback. And then don't forget to, to head over to downtownradio.org and uh, take a look at all the other shows you can listen to here on Downtown Radio. Like right after me, we've got Ted Prozelski with Words and Work and then Ty Logan at the top of the hour with Heavy Mental. Well, we're going to leave you today with music from one of the performers coming up here at uh, Tucson Meet Yourself, Dan Levinson. Uh, He's going to be performing on uh, Saturday in the evening there on the the Hockamy Plaza stage and uh, wanted to get a little bit of his music out there in the world. This is from a... 2021 album I'm sorry 2001 album called Bare Naked Banjos uh, and you're listening to Dr. Doctor with Dan Levinson my name is Tom Heath I hope you have a great week and tune in next Sunday for more Life Along the Streetcar